Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Not Your Average Horror Show. Your host and his co-host are delighted to have you. This week, we'll be discussing... Halloween 4. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining our weekly podcast. Um, It's time for Michael Myers, Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. So I'm not sure exactly why I picked now to do this one. Um, I guess we've been doing a couple of less less than spectacular movies in a row. So why not get back to doing a good one? And this is from my favorite horror series um, of the big three. The Halloweens were, you know, among my favorites. So I feel I connect to this series in a way that I don't with a lot of other horror movies. Um, This is the return of Michael Myers, which I just said. And this tagline actually makes sense as some movies of the era would nonchalantly tack on a cute tagline which has nothing to do with the movie, such as what? Freddy's Revenge. Revenge. (laughs) Yep, he was gone for a while and then he came back. Good for you, movie producers, for nailing it. (laughs) Right. Film people are sharp, I'll tell you. It does make me wonder if they sometimes come up with a cool-sounding title before the script is even written yet. So, um, as I've done before, I'll start off with a couple of hang-ups in the movie. Um, Things I didn't necessarily appreciate. Now, this movie would have inevitably have a little bit more of the late 80s look to it than for my light liking. Um, some flashier sunglasses were definitely on scene, some flashier clothes and hairstyles on some of the actors, but uh, not to where it was like too much of a distraction. One of the biggest distractions, though, for me is the outdoor colors. The greens are just too green, and this is actually the problem with all of the first four Halloween movies. I feel they're just too green. I don't know, you know, what the hell do I mean by this? I noticed this the first time I ever watched the original Halloween, and it jumped out at me immediately. But why is the grass so green? Why are the leaves on the trees so green? Why does it look like the 4th of July weekend in the middle of the summer when it should look like October 31st? Now, at least in Halloween 3, they tell you from the jump this is taking place in California. So at least that's an explanation because it just always looks green there year-round. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a poor choice of location for a Halloween movie anyway. Um, you don't really get that fall feel, which I think is, it's really like, you know, mandatory for these movies and would just make them so much more enjoyable. Now, the funny thing is, you know, if you're into collecting this series like over and over every time they do a new release of them, whether it's like DVD, Blu-ray, 4K now, I'll say I noticed on these new 4K releases they have from Shout Factory, which Adrian owns the whole set, by the way, mm-hmm. they've done the artwork so that Michael Myers is front and center. Behind him is this shitstorm of brown leaves swirling in the air. There's no brown leaves in the movies. There's leaves on the ground, sure. Um, in the first one, for example, they actually imported their leaves to toss on the ground because it was really the dead of summer where they filmed it somewhere in California off of Hollywood Boulevard. So they made it to look like any town USA, um, Midwestern Illinois. So if you're not observant like me, you might even miss the palm trees in the background too. And that's something they admit was a blooper also, which, you know, you'd know this if you watch the documentaries. <laughs> they make horror documentaries. So yeah. you didn't like the 4K release because of the, the cover art? No, actually, I like the cover art, but it's just disingenuous. Like, it's, they made it look like that's what's in the movie, but it's not in the movie. 
And so all these movies have that same set in California problem, which takes away from the general aesthetic. But you still love them. Absolutely. And as weird as it may sound, part two and three were my favorites in the series. Um, part one I do love just because of its place in slasher movie history. And um, despite it being a little bit slow, you know, it's, it's grown on me. And um, Halloween 2 takes place at night immediately after the first one finishes. And they move location to a hospital. So the outdoor aesthetic doesn't matter as much. Everything's at night indoors. But as idiotic as it sounds, just from a fun standpoint, I think I like part two more than the first one. Um, some of those gross-out effects were really unprecedented. And I know this was a problem that critics had with the movie because they felt like they made that made it that way on purpose. But um, the needle in the eye, the needle in the temple, the razor apple, the blood slip and fall, the lady in the hot tub, Michael really set the bar pretty high in Halloween 2. And it just seems like they took a few steps back from that in part four. You know, you miss some of those creative scenes. So getting back to part four and what we're talking about here, um, I felt like this movie was pretty fast-paced, actually, when you think about it. They establish characters in the beginning, but I believe simultaneously Michael escapes when they are trying to transfer him from one mental institution to another. Of course, in Halloween night. So it really takes off, actually, right from the start. Uh, we learn that Jamie Lee Curtis died in the car accident, so she wouldn't be in this one. Um, she had a daughter somewhere in between, Danielle Harris, who that would make her Michael's niece, and she's placed with a family of no relation to her. And um, so her and the stepsister are the main focus. Uh, we also see a golden retriever who I believe gets caught in the crossfire of mayhem. And uh, meanwhile, Loomis learns of the escape by Michael Myers, and he stumbles upon a gas station slash eatery. And that's where Michael Myers has already caused chaos. And he finds a perfect pair of stylish overalls, gets in a tow truck, and then floors it to Haddonfield. Loomis shoots him, um, or he shoots Adam rather, but to no avail. Um, and then mixed in, we see some teenage chit chat for a little while after this with some pastel stripy outfits. Uh, Daniel Harris and their stepsister go to a convenience store where Michael Quisnetly appears and needs to steal a Halloween mask, which looks like his old one, but this time it sucks. Um, not long after that, Michael slashes up an entire police station, throws a guy into some power grid. You know those power grids that were recently shot up? I always think of that scene in, in Halloween 4 whenever I hear about that in the news. Um, and then otherwise, some hillbillies chase around town, uh, the chief and Loomis and the girls board up uh, in the chief's house. And eventually there's some more tearing around once Michael Myers breaks in the house, of course. So you know what? Um, let's talk about how I was able to see this one in the first place, because I was only about 13 when it came out. So that was way too young to watch by the household standards. Um, and this was at a time where I was fully horror alert and I knew about everything that was coming into the theater. There was a phase where I was just trying to get my head around all the horror movies that had been released up until that point. Um, but, you know, I recognized that stuff, good stuff, was still coming out in real time in the theater. So when part four came out, I was pretty savvy with Michael Myers at that point, and you can be sure I wanted to see that real bad. I remember the local newspaper critic reviewing it, and of course totally trashing it. Initially wondering why they would make another Michael Myers movie seven years after he supposedly died, which, it was a great point by him, by the way. Um, these movies had a limited lifespan. Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, it's like they knew this 
and they made one of those movies pretty much every single year since their first release. Halloween series kind of missed out on cashing in on some big 80s revenue, big time. Oddly enough, they came back with a vengeance ever since the 80s, and now Michael Myers is like the only killer you see anymore. It's like so implausible that Michael and Laurie Strode are still around 50 years later. We're at the point where we're just, we're just accepting it. Um, the only, they only just ended that series this year, supposedly. So you probably remember Josh, that kid down the road that rides the bus. Mm -hmm. um, he was super loud. And I guess you might have crossed paths with him for a little bit, but for the most part, you know, you remember who he is, but you're pretty much, you know, too young to remember most too much about him. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is he would always brag about all these movies he'd watch. And because his grandparents had a satellite, he could really watch them pretty easily. They got everything like HBO, Cinemax. And by the way, that was my dream to have one of those gigantic fucking things sitting in our front lawn. That would have been an absolute dream for me. And on the other hand, his dad owned a sandwich shop, which was located right to a, um, a video store in Peru, New York. So he would rent stuff every day. And it's like Josh always had like every movie to watch and he'd go into great detail and bore me to death about everything he saw so finally one day i was like fuck it i knew this kid well enough i mean i'd gone to his house he was right down the road and so if i have to endure having to hear him talk about all the shit he's watched um then i might as well get something out of it too so what the hell do i mean by this you might say basically i got a blank tape from home and i brought it with me on the bus one day it was a friday and i said hey I know you're going to your grandparents this weekend and there's going to be some good shit on satellite. Tape something for me in your grandparents' VCR. So at that point, Halloween 4 had come and gone from the theater. It was now available on, ca on cable TV or satellite. And I knew this because um, he already watched it himself previously. So the plan was simple enough. I gave him this tape and he'd record it, but still I could just clearly see it not working out. You know, he could just flat out forget to do it either forget to bring a tape with him or maybe he'd get there and just lose track of it completely. I mean, I didn't know what he did his grandparents on the weekend besides watch a shitload of TV. The only thing he would say is that his grandmother would always just like sit there in the rocking chair and yawn and go, oh, shit. You know, so I don't know. I mean, his grandparents might be like, what does this guy want you to do? Record something on our VCR? Like, why would, why, why are we okay with that? <laughs> But um, so anyway, over that weekend, I was just thinking about all these different scenarios. But I was thinking to myself, you know, if this does work out, I will not only get to see it, but I will get to own it on tape, Halloween 4. You could just see what an exciting life I had back then. <laughs> well, I do remember finding your diary and all it talked about was you reading the TV guide. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, going back to this story. So now it's Monday morning. And now he's been given the tape. The movie would have played Saturday afternoon, probably. And I'm getting on the bus. Josh will be just a few stops later. I almost couldn't bear the suspense. So when we do get to his house, he gets on the bus, sits right across from me like he always does, says, hey, Ben, you know, the usual. And um, he didn't say a word about the movie. And part of me didn't want to look anxious about it or whatever, and I didn't want to ask him. But at the same time, I can't stand suspense, and I'm wondering how I bring this up. Then he suddenly looks over at me and says, punch me. I had no clue what he was talking about. He just says, punch me on the arm. So I did like one of those lame fist out, very mild punches, because I don't know what he's talking about. He then says, I forgot your tape. 
And I'm like, what, you forgot to bring it to your grandparents to record it? And he's like, oh no, I taped it. I just forgot to bring it to you today. And I was like, wow. See, at that point, I didn't even give a shit when he brought it to me. Just knowing that I now owned it, taped, uncut off HBO was like a dream come true. So Halloween 4, it's, it's one of those rare instances where it brought me a real-time connection to the series. As I'm old enough to see it coming out in the theaters and wanting to see it. Um, kind of like I was saying about Nightmare on Elm Street a few episodes back. Uh, and what I mean is that, you know, at my height of my newfound interest in horror, I'm discovering all these films that have been out since the late 70s, and they're still making them and releasing them. I'm living in that era and appreciating it, whereas a lot of people who are really into horror, like millennials these days, they weren't even alive in that era. Like you, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that I wasn't able to see them just built more interest and enthusiasm around them. Um, I remember... You know, opening the newspaper and just seeing like a big ad for Halloween 4 with that Michael Myers mask in black and white saying it's now playing at whatever theater was, the Strand or wherever. Mm, so here's my connection to it. Mm. Obviously, this would be years later in the mid 90s, but I remember you sent us on a mission when we took a family trip to Disney and ah. you weren't on it at the time because of finals or something, but you sent us all on this wild goose chase to find a Michael Myers mask because your friend had one or something. Yeah. And by the way, there was no reason I couldn't have gone on that trip. There was no finals going on whenever that was. And I could have easily missed a week of classes. It might've put me on shaky ground in some of those classes, but I could have made it work. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess mom wasn't buying it, huh? Right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We go to Florida without you and there was some inquiries about the mask, but we came back empty handed. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so it was Halloween night, my second year of college. And um, by the way, this horror fascination was still very prevalent into the college years. My room on campus had all the Halloween posters all over the walls. And by the way, that's the only time in your life where you can have that kind of shit hanging on your wall. And there still might be the possibility of a girl coming to your room if she's not too freaked out. Um, if you're still doing that by the time you're 30, then you should probably be committed. Uh, anyway, a few of us went out partying that night and my neighbors down the hall, they went to some bar, which I thought was gonna be kind of lame. So I went somewhere else with a few other guys. But the next day my neighbor comes over and says, Ben, you should have seen this guy last night. We were at, you know, whatever bar it might've been. And this guy was dressed completely like Michael Myers. He had the mechanic suit, the mask, everything. And he was just sitting by himself the whole time, not even talking to anyone. He was just doing his own thing. Now, it's like if you told me someone like that, like, you, you know, you, you think of a scene like in that movie, The Terrifier, where the, early in the movie, the clown's just sitting by himself in the pizza shop, dead quiet, and it's like the creepiest thing you've ever seen. But yeah, and it's like Halloween, and that's, that's pretty weird. And it sounds pretty fucked up. And I'd never seen a Michael Myers mask for sale before. So where would this guy have even gotten it? So I didn't know it was possible. Maybe it was the licensing or whatever, but... You know, if anybody besides me ever tried to find one back then, it's it was almost impossible. But now you can walk into Rite Aid and see them hanging there for nine bucks. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why now it seems a little odd that you would have been begging us to scour Universal Studios for this Michael Myers mask. <laughs> right. And so here's the funny thing. About a year after that, I would get a job working at a CD store. And the guys working there were pretty cool. And somehow the topic of horror movies came up while I was talking with my coworker, Kevin. Um, I was like, hey, you ever seen Halloween? 
that series comes up and he's like, sure, I've even got a Michael Myers mask. And I'm like, whoa, wait just a minute. Because, you know, I'd never met anyone before who had one. And, you know, besides that guy last year that I only heard about. So I said, um, were you wearing it on Halloween night last year by any chance? And he was sure, like, he was like, hell yeah, I was wearing it. I had the mechanic suit and everything. <laughs> wow. So it sounds like this guy would have been really creepy. Was he? You'd think so. I mean, he was like a little bit, you know, socially awkward, I guess you would say. But no, I mean, he's, he was a, he was really cool. I mean, uh, he did tend to think he was always the smartest guy in the room and um, I'd put him in the normal extrovert, extrovert category. Um, of course, that could be like Charles Manson saying that Unabomber wasn't such a bad guy. But Kevin was all right. I uh, got the impression his family had money. He was always driving some kind of nice car. He had these motorcycles. He wore nice clothes. Um, and he was a prankster, too. So I think he just liked getting attention, no matter how far he had to go to get it. Um, and of course, I asked him where he got the mask. And he said, Disney. So therefore, the timing was impeccable that a family trip was planned there, even if I wasn't on it. And the funny thing is that he told me the mask was something like $200. And that's one thing I left out of the details when I asked Ma to keep an eye out for it. I was hoping they would have found it and just maybe they would have felt guilty about me not being on the trip and they would have bought that as a consolation prize. But sadly, you all came back empty handed. <laughs> Or maybe they did find it, but told you they didn't once they saw the price. Oh, maybe. Speaking of the mask, what is interesting is that the mask in Halloween in the Halloween 4 poster is the original mask you see in the first two films, the cool one, but that's not what he's wearing in part four. He's wearing, like I was saying before, like a Rite Aid plain-looking one-dimensional mask, and it's, it's just like a look-alike mask. So I, I don't know what they why they did that well he did get burned up in part two right oh yeah 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 and he wasn't in part three of course which i still don't understand oh uh, yeah we'll we'll do the three we'll do part three sometime that will devote a lot of time to maybe even take an hour on that one so like i said before um getting back to the tape again this was recorded off of satellite tv and it's not like dish tv as we know it today which i think is the same concept but the main difference is the size of the dish. I mean, now you can mount these things in the back of your house, or even if you're in an apartment, you can do it there. And it's like they're only 12 inches wide in diameter. But um, back then, yeah, they were like bigger than the average human was. They were like eight feet, I think, or even wider. Uh, and you need this special apparatus to set up and maneuver it so that you can turn it to the coordinates and aim it at the sky, whatever station your movie or show would be on. Um, and they had a special satellite TV guide which you needed to buy this in order to enter the coordinates to aim it, like transponder settings or something or something of that nature. Um, it sounded pretty elaborate, but kind of fun and nostalgic when I when I think about this. Would I want that shit hanging off my house now? Definitely not. Actually, we're thinking of getting rid of cable. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I would get one of those dishes if I can hide it somewhere. So, do you still have this tape? Uh, actually, I don't think so. And that's too bad. Um, I do have many of the VHS tapes that I recorded back then, but I wish I had it. I remember asking Josh if his grandparents cared about him watching that. You know, when, when he goes over them and watches all this I, mean, I don't know how old his grandparents were, but you'd think that, you know, some of the stuff he would tell me about, it's just like my grandparents, our grandparents definitely <laughs> would not have wanted to see that, right? <laughs> so <No. laughs> um, the movie, 
I, I think the only thing he said was that part where um, the one teenager is making out like by the fireplace. His grandfather's eyes were glued to the TV at that point. <laughs> um, but aside from that, the movie wasn't terribly gory. There was a few scenes, like in the ambulance, he puts his thumb in the guy's skull, but otherwise not too bloody. Yeah, I have to say this was a pretty quick mover. Maybe a bit of a slow start, but it's pretty fast-paced as it moves from one scene to another. Yeah, I will say it did have a slow start, you know, whether establishing the characters and everything. But um, you know how I was complaining about the lack of Halloween feel? The opening credits of this movie, I mentioned this on a previous episode, but I mean, this was what the movie should have looked like. And the funny thing is that you'll find many horror fans in general took notice of this. People love those opening credits of Halloween 4 and not necessarily the rest of the movie. Um, I love the field shots of the farm equipment, the bales of hay, and the more subdued color. It felt like um, the, the more, it felt like more of the browns, that color that should have been instead of like the bright greens I was complaining about. Um, and there's barely any audible music either. It's just more like a distant wind blowing sound. So people might have missed that Jack Lantern, which is featured in the first two movies, but this was a hell of a good replacement. So I'm thinking back to those credits also. Um, the decorations, like the, the ghost and the witch there that they had up against the barn. And there was this one apparatus. I don't even know what it was, but it was like a bunch of sticks. Um, I guess they were tied together and they put gloves on the end of them. Now you might remember something like this that I set up in front of my house <laughs> with a couple of bales of hay a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried to resemble that and I guess it came out okay, but on the other hand, it kind of looks like something somebody might have slapped together if they had absolutely no money and they just wanted to kind of low budget it. I don't know. But um, yeah, the movie was fast paced though. Yeah, the part where they called the curfew and like you didn't see anyone in town leaving the streets except for a few groups of kids getting picked up by their parents it mm. just seemed a little bit odd yeah it's kind of like this town was just like a, a ghost town before the curfew aside from the hillbilly vigilante <laughs> gang yeah yeah that's one thing i agree with is that you know it's just like when the sheriff calls a curfew you only seem like one car pick up a couple of kids and it just felt like a really smaller feel like they should have like had several scenes around town of people like you know just running into their houses and stuff just to kind of represent the danger that michael represents and he already killed like an entire police station and many other people too. So the Michael Myers himself was different than before. Um, they made him a foot taller. They had somebody come in who was six, three. And I believe I read a while back, they were aiming for something. They were aiming for something like this, like right from the start, but just in the first couple of ones, he was shorter and stockier, like maybe about five, eight, five, ten. Even though I thought I, I liked the look of him the first couple of movies, um, they weren't necessarily going for that, the creators of the movie. And the funny thing, too, is like websites where people were talking, they were complaining about the look of Michael Myers, how it looked like he was wearing shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I didn't necessarily recognize that. But I think what the creators were going for was like sort of a stick figure with a knife. Mm-hmm. Like that's generally the, the image like in, in someone's mind if you were if you're creating a killer like that's what they wanted it to look like i don't know if it necessarily transferred for everybody into what they put on screen i mean i didn't really realize one way or another until i started reading up on it but hmm. but anyway halloween 4 the return of michael myers so i know let's see 
you've got a couple things going on this month as I'm sitting here just like wrapping up the movie <laughs> and I think you've got a trip to Florida planned mm-hmm very yep. nice where about in Florida are you headed uh Venice Florida it's like an hour south of like St. Pete Clearwater area oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the family trip location. <laughs> yeah, for a few years. Yeah, those were some fun times where we actually did manage to get like everybody together and go down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking back to our last one, the last trip, which would have been like, what, 2012 or yeah. 11 maybe? It's a while ago at this point. Yeah, hard to believe like how time flies. <laughs> yeah. But I remember getting down there. It was like, it was you, me, and Ma. Mm-hmm. And then she set everything up through a travel agent. Mm-hmm. And the travel agent screwed up big time because... They got you down to Philadelphia from where you used to live. You live mm-hmm. upstate, way upstate New York, yep. above Albany. You flew down, and then your connecting flight wasn't set up correctly and then ended up taking separate flights. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was like you and I on one flight, and then she needed to take a completely separate flight. <laughs> right, which is like, what, two hours behind, something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. And apparently it was, like, really turbulent. <laughs> which... Oh, man. As a as a fearful flyer myself, I you know <laughs> could definitely sympathize with what Mom was going through. Yeah, which is a shame because I remember us getting to um, Tampa when we go mm-hmm. up to like what Chili's or something, and we're sitting under at the bar, oh, yeah. we're just knocking drinks back. And meanwhile, Mom's <laughs> on this flight with her, I know. <laughs> and here we are, just it's like a horrifying experience. <laughs> and here we are drinking like vodka. And yeah, brandy. showing me pictures <laughs> of this house that you were kind of thinking of buying. Oh, that was another disaster too. <laughs> Like, we had everything set up. Yeah, that was my first house I was ever going to buy. And I remember it was like, it felt like it was too much money to get myself into. Mm-hmm. But I talked myself into it. And, like, I made an offer and everything was all set to go. It was like a family of four. They were all excited <laughs> that they had a buyer on the yeah. house. And I was, like, really excited about it. And then I eventually told my real, my realtor that it's, like, not, not going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's, like, too much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was also engaged at the time, which, spoiler alert, that didn't work out. But <laughs> wow. was, yeah, we were going through a lot of um, potential commitments. <laughs> That's right. Well, I remember at that time, like, it wasn't necessarily, you weren't in the best of moods, I think, on that vacation because you were yeah, a I little think, more somber. I think the doubt was starting to creep in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something was going on. Yeah. He was pulling some kind of nonsense, like, during that time that you were, and that, like, ruined half your trip I think because you were just like a zombie you know I don't even remember and it's probably <laughs> good that I can't <laughs> well I'll rehash your memory then <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah and I remember that um that song that Gautier song that's funny because that I... <laughs> I remember I connected with that trip also <laughs> that was like the soundtrack soundtrack of the the vacation right because it was just everywhere <laughs> it really was wow that was such a long time ago yeah and you weird. were sick on that trip, too, on top of everything else, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I completely forgot about that as well. Uh-huh. So that's a really, <laughs> really enjoyable trip for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully this one will be um, uh, much nicer. <laughs> well, let's hope. And you got your birthday coming up also, so that's something to look forward to, just like everybody else does. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> the the trip to Florida can be like the... Consolation prize. Yeah, it'll be easing me into this next year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good luck with that. Thanks. Hope it's a great trip. Yeah, I think it will be. (laughs) At least better than that one. Right. Well, as long as it doesn't interfere with our important podcast schedule, that's what really matters here. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
we'll figure something out. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Out. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. As always, today's episode was brought to you by a big endowment from the Alliance to Fight the Perception that introverts are stuck-up assholes. Halloween 4. Halloween 4.